Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't cause a fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. grab this sound stick thing and I'm going to talk into it because it's 12.02 here on 3 Triple RFM. What a delight the morning was listening to the radio. Oh, those loud glasses, Kent. <laughs> they were very loud, weren't they? Hi, Kent. And, that's, uh, and that brings us because uh, not only was the morning great, but the afternoon is because you've got me, Cam Smith, but also driving the ship relentlessly <laughs> to port. Yeah, hopefully we'll stay on course. Yeah, we have the beautiful Kent Goldsworthy, a.k.a. panel beater, who was, uh, who's been working hard all morning bringing you great radio. So thank you for sticking around to join us for the hour of food. Happy to be able to help out, punch a few buttons for you, Cam. Yeah, food and booze and, uh, and all the things that go with food and booze. My God, this... Uh, there is a lot. Today's show, we, uh, we return back. Uh, we had a little bit of a flight of fancy where we, we turned our back on the realities of the world somewhat. Um, talked about prohibition with uh, uh, Devlin McGowan and, of course, uh, Sebastian Rayborn. But this week, uh, we're joined by the redoubtable, the wonderful, uh, the very knowledgeable, uh, Danny Vallant, who will be uh, having a chat about the situation. <laughs> Is that a good way to put it? Situation. There's a bit of a situation. I don't know if you I don't know if you've noticed out there, but there's stuff going on. 
Huh? You've noticed it. You've I, seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a situation. Oh, I don't know. God, I think we, just as a, a little bit of a background, I think Ken and I have been a little bit hysterical <laughs> this morning because, I don't know, we're, we're just kind of tired and over it all. But, um, yeah. <laughs> So so it might be a little bit obtuse today, so just a little bit of a warning to you all. Um, we couldn't speak to John last week. John, of course, at the Queen Victoria Market. We'll be going by phone and having a chat to him a little bit later on and talking about the glories of spring, the sun, um, and and what the vibe is like at the Queen Victoria Market. You know, is everybody wearing their masks? They're all doing the right thing and, you know, and also... It's too early for cherries. We won't talk about that, but we'll we'll talk about maybe how Franca and John are going because this is sort of like a continuing days of our lives of from the market. Is Franca cooking for you? Is she looking after you? Are you getting your asparagus omelets? You know, those sort of important things uh, are going to be chatted about. And then, um, yeah, there really are the three usual suspects we could we could say in that uh, at the end of the show after we play the thinking drinking theme uh, we'll be speaking to Duncan Buchanan of course he's a winemaker uh, a little bit of a bon vivant and uh, also turns phrases pretty well I think old uh, old Duncan he's always he's good for a laugh and we might talk about how vintage 2021 has been kind of blessed uh, and it's looking kind of good. And also, uh, we're going to look at how the uh, how the winery, okay, how the how the wine and the bottle is doing from this vintage. Um, we're going to look at uh, well, the northern hemisphere and hold your kids' ears, everyone. I'm going to swear, just so you know. You ready? Thank you. What a shit show it is up in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and we're going to, unfortunately, we're going to have to turn around and face that. And uh, we're going to look a little bit of, from that. But in the meantime, I thought maybe we might just sort of revert back because this is a food show and we like to talk about, you know, good things that are happening. So what's, what's that in, in your mouth? mouth? You were good. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> I've been listening to you and Matt nail it. Yeah, well, you know. It's a, it's a thing. Um, first of all, over to you, Kent. You said you made some beautiful ramen stock. Made a whole bunch of ramen stock for freezing purposes. Litres and litres and yeah, litres. A whole truckload. And yes. I thought of myself as being a little bit innovative this week, Cam. The ramen master. <laughs> yeah. And yes. so for the sweet ingredient, which I normally go with maple syrup as the sweet. The ramenator. <laughs> what? Maple syrup? Maple syrup for That's the sweet. crazy. This time around, I went the with... The sap from Canadian trees in a Japanese soup. How do the Japanese feel about that? Oh, I love it. Okay. It's yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this time around, I went with sweet apples. Uh, what sort of sweet apples do you speak of? Well, I... I what are these sweet <laughs> apples you speak of? I hope they were Fuji apples. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to fit with the theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, I've only had one of the servings of the batch so far, and mm. I'm, I'm very happy to say uh, it's gone well. Kent's a bit of a go-to here um, at the stations of 3 RFM, this august institution, because uh, you lived in Japan. You were lucky enough to live... In Japan for a while. I did, three years. 
Yeah, been back and forth a bit too. It's fabulous. I love it. Love it to bits. I'd love to go to Japan. One day, I'll be there at an isekaya, <laughs> drunk as, and just loving it, going, oh, yakitori! Chomping on your edamame. Yeah, yeah, and okonomiyaki. Okonomiyaki. Okonomiyaki, yeah, one of, the, one of the great dishes, goodness uh, gracious me. So, yes, so that was, and you were talking about, um, did you say a tan? So there's a variety of um, ramen stocks. Um, yes. Most people know tonkatsu. Tonkatsu yeah, is, yeah. is pork bones. Yeah. Yep. Again, sorry, vegetarians. Pork bones, but it's boiled really, really vigorously. It's not yep. the whole thing. Yep. It's, it's yep. cloudy. And that's, Very that's cloudy. Its okay, yep. so there's pork. Yep. Uh, the one that I did, I mean, strictly speaking, maple syrup or apples don't belong, so I guess no, I guess no, we no. could call it anything. But no. um, it's probably most similar to, say, a tantan um, stock, which are typically a bit spicier. Tantan. Yeah. It's not a Belgian... The Sorry. hero with a small white dog. No. No, Tan Tan. No, that, that's Tin Tin. Oh, no. yeah, right. Sorry, yeah, okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah, right. Well, I was wondering where bloody Captain Haddock was. Boy, he hasn't aged well. Um, but so what's a Tan Tan? A bit spicier. Spicier. Is the, is the shortcut to it. I mean, I, I, that's the closest thing that resembles what I did. What I did mm. wasn't a Tan Tan, but, mm. but it's something along those lines. What's your favourite thing in your ramen? Oh, my favourite what, thing. What's that in your ramen? What's that in your ramen? <laughs> yes. Look, I'm going through, as I do from time to time, um, chilli oil and soy and sake or mirin as as the as the garnish oils on it and just makes all the difference. And, and doing and I'm doing my tofu puffed tofu. Oh, lovely. Soft yeah. Um, Is that de rigueur? You've got to have a soft boiled egg in there? Yeah. Most people associate that with ramen, don't yeah, they? I, yeah. I tend not to have an egg. Piece of seaweed? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm big on the kombu. I go through, Mm. sometimes sort of revolve through nori or to wakame or arame. Um, but um, the, this one was with kombu. You know, that's that, that's the big, um, thicker, sheety-type uh, seaweed. And is necessary if you're going to be doing one of the, maybe the spine of Japanese cooking when you talk about dashi, which is bonita flakes and kombu yeah. brought together. Yep, well put. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> I think we should just move on then, seeing I've done all right. Uh, What have I made? Um, I don't know. Uh, I had some chilli prawns yesterday, which were pretty good. I think I was a bit jaded last night because I was eating these chilli prawns going, no. Do you. um, uh, Where does the chilli meet the prawn? In what stage of the process for you? First thing you've got to do is you sear the prawns really, really quickly ah. and then take them off. Um, because there's a thing, the prawn prawn is a really delicate protein, really, and it tells you, if you hold up your finger, mm-hmm. right, and it's going straight up, that's an uncooked prawn. The more you cook the prawn, it will contract, just curl your finger all the way around until you're almost like doing, um, why am I reminded of uh, The Shining and Red Rum? But uh, the little boy, he was talking to his friend. Um, but, yes, as it comes around, if you do it too much and it goes in like a corkscrew, you've cooked the prawns too much. Uh-huh. That's just a little thing that will tell you. So what do I do? Basically, chilli prawns for me is um, the recipe I have anyways. Fry off the prawns, you know, probably about 20 seconds on each side, pretty hot. Take that off. Then you hit it with the aromatic, so chopped garlic, chilli ginger move that around till the garlic starts to brown and then i add a liquid which is about a half a cup of water 
Uh, it's got a little bit of soy sauce. It's got sriracha in it and brown sugar. Huh. So as you reduce that, it becomes a glaze. Yep. Then you add the prawns back nice. and work it through, work it through, serve it on rice, like a don dish. Yep. So I had sort of like a... And with so much flavour in the prawn, do you use a dip of any sort? doesn't need it. No. All, all that flavour's in that sauce. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and then I add a bit more bird's eye chilli on it because I've become <laughs> a complete and utter chilli head in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I've up my game. It's 12-12. I could talk about a couple other dishes, but we've got to speak to Danny. So, Danny, sorry, we've uh, I've gone on a little bit long. Get ready for that phone. We're going to hear from our fabulous sponsors, and we're going to talk to Danny after this. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Thanks so much for being here. It means a lot. Yes, a burning love inside, a burning love inside for uh, the station, but also fabulous guests like one of our great regulars and one of the great representatives of the hospitality industry. Not only does she cook herself, she writes about it. She's on the blower. Her name is Danny Valant. She's a, <laughs> Hello, Cam. She's an eater. <laughs> how, you, how you doing on this sunny old day? Uh, yeah, can't complain. I'm in isolation, <laughs> waiting for a COVID test to come back negative, I yes. hope. Hey! But that's the way of things these days. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did you, um, a COVID test, right up the nose, through the brain? <laughs> yeah, up the nose, <laughs> that's right, not quite into the brain. Into the brain! Down the, down the back of the throat. But, yeah, my local shopping strip, someone with um, COVID had a little... Shop up and down the strip for a few days in a row. So, yeah, I overlapped with that person. And, um, yeah, so uh, we'll see how we go. But um, I think it'll be fine. Good for you. And and also that is the message that tests are down at the moment here in this state. And we, if you have any symptoms at all, of course, go out and get tested. But um, let's go on the glass half full. And one of the things that you've been doing is uh, with your very powerful Instagram account, you've created... A hashtag of hope. Yeah, look, I have, and it was. It, I, we know that people in the hospitality industry and indeed across the community are doing it really tough. Well, you know, six lockdowns later, we are all super yeah, drained. We know it. reserves are low, and you know, I know that people in hospitality, uh, what can you know? Obviously, we need restaurants open. We need people back in them as soon as it's safe. But mm. um, in the meantime, in the I meantime. thought, let's share a bit of love and talk about why we love restaurants. So I started a hashtag, why I love restaurants, and just put up a little post on Instagram with, a, with some photos of some people in uh, the Melbourne hospitality world from, yeah, some of our great dining institutions. And, yeah, just a little bit of a rave about why I love restaurants and encouraging people to, to, to share their, um, maybe their impressions or what they're looking forward to or restaurants that they miss. doesn't matter if it's, you know, specific or general, but so long as it's loving. Mm. What's, um, and what, is, uh, what has stood out for you in, in these things, Danny? Is there any sort of real golden, golden moments that have been written down and, and given to you? I think something that's come up over and over again is the sound of restaurants oh, and just yeah. that sort of people being really drawn into an atmosphere. You know, yes, we talk about, you know, great flavour combinations and beautiful food, uh, but it's that feeling of being looked after, that feeling of being part of something. And I know that, you know, all the times we've reopened and I've gone back to restaurants, sometimes I've just 
you know, even sometimes I'm by myself, might be with, with someone else, but you just listen to that sound and, you know, you're part of it, you're in it. Mm. It's, you know, it's so much part of the experience. And I think it's definitely one of the things that I miss about restaurants and love about restaurants. And, yeah, that seems to be something that, you know, other, a lot of other people feel the same way. That is actually one thing that... Um, and it's also the, the sound of a very, very a contented crowd. Mm, you, you know, there's, yeah. there, there's that moment, um, maybe old, maybe older school rest, uh, restaurants, but say nighttime, where I reflect on when I was a chef, and there used to be a time when, okay, the entrees would go out, you know, because most people would sort of eat it sort of around about the same time. It was sort of the the days of the eight o'clock booking, and you would get to a moment where all the mains had gone off and then the pressure goes to desserts and the people working mains and veg were cleaning up. But it was also a time where you could look out into the restaurant and you could feel it and you could see Mm -hmm. it and you could hear it and it is is definitely a thing. Um, I, I definitely agree with it. I was just, I don't know why, but I'm thinking of Michael Harden and I'm sure that he just wants someone to make him a bloody drink. I just want someone to make me a cocktail. Yeah, well, I, I put the hashtag out there on Twitter as well, and I think it was on Twitter where I talked about the first sip of a martini. Oh. And you know, it's just that sort of entry point. You know, to yeah. me, as you're talking, what I'm thinking about is oceans and tides and waves and just those different, yes. you know, rhythms and, yes. you know, the swelling of the noise and the retreating. And, yeah, um, yeah it's it's so elemental and it's I think it's so much part of us and part of Melbourne. Um, and, yeah, I mean, honestly, if I could sip a martini with Michael Harden in a restaurant, I would feel like things were going pretty well in the world. Yeah. That would be, oh, gosh, that would be uh, so good. Um, and are there any other sort of ones that have stood out for you that have, have come through? I think, you know, people relate restaurants to special occasions in their own lives, and we know that we do use restaurants for, gathering. you know, marking milestones, yes. for, for gathering, for, yep. you know, whether it's birthdays or parties or, you know, whatever it is, just yep. to catch up with a special person. So a lot of people are, you know, recollecting special times that they've had at restaurants, you know, whether it's a birthday at Donovan's or cheeky afternoon drinks at Embla. Um, I talk about, you know, that feeling that feeling of welcome at Grossi Florentino Cellar Bar. So, I mean, it doesn't – it could be – I suppose what we love about Melbourne and Melbourne dining is – how how many different experiences we can have, but, yep. you know, they're somehow threaded together by this fantastic sense of hospitality and a belief in Melbourne as a great dining city. Agreed. Here's a couple that just, just, just occurred to me. The greeting and the seating down of you at Borsato's by one of the great front-of-house people, Katharina. Um, and watching her conduct her room and get everything organised so magnificently. And another one that I'm just thinking of is sitting at the end of the bar at Bar Larinia, and you have that whole area of bar that you're able to look all the way down and then see into the kitchen and you can see Matt McConnell making beautiful food that will come out to you, for instance. That's, there's another one that I miss. Yeah, I I think it's so much about that orchestration of an experience yes. that, you know, if 
the more you know about restaurants, you know how, you know, that magic doesn't just happen. It's uh-uh. so many different pieces and cogs and wheels that have to spin for it to have that effortless rolling out feel that the diner gets in a, in a really good restaurant. Mm. That can happen in, in, a, in a cafe. It can happen, you know, in a, in a uh, you know, just a high street restaurant. It can happen in, you know, our great and, you know, most grand restaurants. But, it, yeah, at any level, it's the rhythm. Um, yeah, the rhythm. And, Agreed. The rhythm that brings the magic, and it's you know, I think people have really, people really do appreciate the skills and the heart and the, you know, the the hope and the trust and all those beautiful human emotions that go together to create that restaurant experience from the restaurant side and also from the diner side. It's really, it's a really beautiful human collaboration. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and maybe there is a, a newfound respect and admiration, and let's face it, a longing. <laughs> To, to return. Um, now, where can they find that, Danny? Well, I mean, look, I don't want to own it or anything. It's, I started an Instagram post and a Twitter post. I think I put it on Facebook as well, and it's just the hashtag why I uh, love restaurants. Well, that's where and it's I just living thought it could at the be moment. A place, Go on. It could be a place for anyone, anyone can do the hashtag and do their own post or join onto mine and just share your experience. But I just thought it could be nice for Hoppo to have a hashtag that they could look at if they're feeling a bit down, uh, just a place where they can go and feel the love. What's that, the hashtag that's the, again? That's the idea behind it, I love why it. I love restaurants. Oh, yeah, you said it. There we go. Now... Okay, on to uh, the more pressing matters. Like uh, we have a longing and a missing for the rhythms and the beauty of restaurants and the and the conviviality of restaurants. But uh, support for people in disaster um, that we find ourselves in lockdown six point zero. We know uh, if you need to get um, a disaster payment, you need to reapply. We should probably let people know about that. Oh, my goodness. This this has been so confusing. So the COVID disaster payment is a federal government payment. It's it's, um, administered through Services Australia. Australia, Victorian government picks up the regional payments. But anyway, it basically all comes through the federal agency. Um, It was MyGov, which is the sort of portal to it, um, had up for the last couple of weeks that people in Victoria would not need to reapply for the payment. However, that was changed a couple of days ago. So Victorians do need to reapply. Even if you've received the payment in the past, reapply. You've got to do it again, folks. You do it again. I mean, confusingly, some people didn't reapply and still got the money, but if you haven't had the money come through and you feel like you're entitled to it, please just head head onto MyGov or your Centrelink account or if you haven't, if you're a visa holder and you haven't already applied, the number to call is 180-2266. There's also info on my um, Instagram, and if, if anyone is confused, I'm really happy to get, um, receive messages on my Instagram, and I've yeah, <laughs> I've tried you. to disentangle it, so I'm happy to talk anyone through it or share any insight. Tremendous. And any other observations or things that people need to know about on this uh, on this gorgeous Sunday as they um, maybe think can- about getting together? I'll mention two things. One is um, my column in the Sunday Age today is all about places that you can feed yourself while also doing good. So some great operators that um, not only feed Melbourne but also support people along the way. So I've shone a light on some places, including the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre catering arm, which normally does events, of course, can't do that at the moment, but they can deliver yep. food to your house. Mm-hmm. It's so delicious, it's not expensive, and you're supporting people seeking asylum in our community. So that's just one example, but, um, yeah, check it out online or 
um, in the Sunday Age today. And the other thing I wanted to mention as we're looking out at this beautiful, sunny Melbourne day, which really has a promise of spring. This beguiling day, yep. It feels like a great day to gather with your mates, go on a bit of a pub crawl, um, Mm. have a little bit of a walking party, linger outside one of the restaurants that's, you know, whatever they're doing, grilling something, frying something, wrapping something in a delicious piece of bread. But I just really, I mean, I'm I'm not your mum. I'm not I'm not your I'm not your boss. And but please you... let's keep it safe out there, beautiful people, because we really just please check in. Please buy your food and move on. Please don't gather with your masks off. Um, it's you know it doesn't it it doesn't feel like we're doing Melbourne right unless we are doing all those things but we are honestly not going to be able to come out of lockdown and get back out there in the way that we all want unless we keep it safe so check in like a maniac keep your mask on buy food and move on yeah this we need to Street lock party down. is not the vibe and uh, 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 I got one more thing to add um, Danny uh, one of the a group of people within our community has stepped up, have been so incredible, whether it was during the bushfires of, um, well, somewhat recent memory, or feeding the people in the towers. I'm talking about the Sikhs. Uh, yeah. The Sikhs have got... Uh, they're doing a GoFundMe for um, a kitchen. Uh, and I, yeah. would, I would say that is such a worthwhile thing to throw a couple shekels at. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The Sikhs are tr- like truly the best of us. Oh, they just they are, aren't they? such just yeah, their generosity. They're always there. They're always stepping up. So it is. It is. It is it, that is also one of the enterprises that I mentioned in my article today. Yeah. You, if you need food from them, um, you can. They'll bring it to you. Uh, so you know, if you are in need, then please. Yeah, reach out to them, and, and if you're in a position to throw them a couple of bucks, then, yes. um, yeah, the, the work that they do is just so beautiful and worthwhile and just connects and feeds people and, yeah, just shares the love. We all need a bit of that. What's on your plate literally tonight, Danny? What are you going to – what are you uh, feeding well, yourself? Well, I'll, sh- I'll give a shout-out to a new Melbourne restaurant called Rabata, um, oh. which has opened up in the old – uh, Gazi space on the corner of Na- it, named after the cooking or yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're on Flinders Street, and so how tough to open a restaurant, uh, you know, coming in and out of lockdown. But, Courageous. Um, yeah, I bought a grilling box, and I've got a new grill that I'm going to light up tonight mm. and uh, flip a few skewers, and they've even put in some marshmallows, which I. I reckon are going to have some kind of cool Japanese element to them. Wow. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's a really nice looking, really nice looking box, and super happy to um, yeah support a new Melbourne restaurant. Fantastic, Danny Valant, a big hug from here, from Triple R in East Brunswick to you of all the stuff you've been doing. Thank you. Back at ya. Right Thanks on. for having me. Pleasure as always. Independently yours, Triple R. 102.7. Uh, Kent, you have something important to tell us. So very important. Days a subscriber giveaway. Okay, get ready. Um, what are the reasons you should subscribe to One this of fabulous the many station? reasons you yes. should subscribe. Melbourne International Film Festival is going on at the moment, Cam, and yeah. they're not getting, letting a small thing like a global pandemic get in the way. No way. Delivering a lot of the content, well, now um, the content online, streaming. Streaming. So we've got a uh, a... 
a ticket, effectively, to mm. a MIF film screening of your choice. Oh, wow. Of your choice. Um, so MIF's uh, transitioned online. Streaming f- platforms now called MIF Play. Mm. And so you can uh, get online, go to the um, MIF website, uh, uh, au, yes. and uh, get yourself in there. But here's the opportunity to get a ticket via your subscription here at Triple R. So what are they going to do? They're going to do MIF? Yep. You... Um, you go to the Triple uh, R website. Yeah. Sorry for the pause there. That's okay. I just, I just <laughs> yeah. myself Triple R website. Mm. And Triple um, R and MIF are giving away five free MIF film streams per day. Boom. Yep. Um, so if you're a Triple R subscriber and you'd like to enter, visit the Triple R website, www.rrr.org.au, and head to the giveaways section. For your chance to win. Indeed. There we go. It is 12.35 here on 3 Triple RFM. I wasn't able to join him at the market. I wasn't able to bathe in the sunshine of our souls next to the truck. <laughs> but he's here on the phone. John, a very, very good afternoon to you, mate. Are you there? I am here. Hey. A very good afternoon to you and everyone. I am standing in the sun, soaking it all up. Uh... And I'll say sorry to you for all those silly people that have caused you grief that you can't come to the market. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, um, we've been hearing, I don't know how, how it's going around there, you know, is, uh, all the traders masked up and everybody masked up. What, what's, what's going on? Yeah, we're all doing the right thing. We're masking up. We're trying yeah. to keep um, our social distancing into place so we don't yeah. walk around too much. Um, there are a few people out. Not so many today, yesterday, there were a lot of lovely people out. Yep. Um, a lot of city people that have come in for a shopping experience, um, we, um, we did okay. And we had some beautiful produce for them and still do have beautiful produce on the bench. Mm. Yeah. So if you can come out and see what's available. Well, I'm, I, I'll just let you know that I'm starting to panic because um, I'm out of good tomatoes from you. I'm out of good garlic from you. Uh, I have a little bit of Cavallo Nero. Thank God that lasts well in the fridge. But yeah, what are you seeing around you that uh, you'd like to comment on produce wise? Well, again, we're rather blessed because the weather's um, calmed down a little bit. I think the only produce that we had that got affected by uh, bad weather were the peas that came out of um, Queensland. They had a little bit of hail damage. Still good inside, but. Not so pretty on the outside of the shower because they got hit. Yep. Um, the green beans are still beautiful and tender. Uh, we've got such an array of tomatoes, it's unbelievable. Um, we've got some big rouge de marmon that are oversized, they're about 400 grams each. And then we've got our beautiful Murray Bridge tomatoes. People have been buying cabbage still for coleslaw and um, to make soups and things like that. Um, and, you know, because they're doing that, they're buying beautiful carrots and potatoes that go into the soup. Um, yeah, the cablanero, the rapa, and the beautiful fancy lettuces have all run away this week because um, people are looking to change menus, mm. a little bit of um, cold weather food and a little bit of um, thinking of spring food. So, yeah, we've got the lot. And maybe this is, um, for me, it's it's also a time, as well as looking forward, looking back a little bit, so there's probably some of those things, those braises or uh, some of the more hearty things that you want to cook before it gets too hot to cook them. 
Well, definitely. Franco's been doing um, ah, either yeah. chicken or uh, a bit of pork in the old electric fry pan, believe it or not. Oh, wow. it's, um, The sunbeam. Beautiful. Is it, is yeah. it, it is a sunbeam? Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> um, Classic. Yeah, they were very popular, and we brought it out, and yeah. and um, <laughs> my, my two kids are enjoying the experience because uh, it, it's different. It seals in the moisture, and it seals in the aroma as well. Mm. Um, different than when you're doing things in a uh, pot roast or a, uh, an oven roast. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good to do something different. But, yeah, we're doing all those hearty things as well. Um, and then other days we've just had steaks and salads or, you know, steak with a bit of fried rice and Chinese veggies beside that. Yeah. Uh, that sounds really, really, really nice, John. Um, so far as fruit, uh, if you look across to Robbie on your left or uh, as across the other side of the aisle on H Shed, as we do when I'm with you, uh, at the market, what's uh, what's catching your eye? Well, we'll talk about a bunny fruit, which is a Seville orange, and you you know Ooh. them quite well. I do. You made a beautiful Seville uh, marmalade a while ago, so it's <laughs> it's time for you to make some more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, I better get on that. Now this is. Uh, it looks like an orange, maybe a little bit squat, but not not flat like an imperial mandarin. It's an oblated um, spheroid. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And if you eat them, they're very, very bitter, but they make a beautiful marmalade, even though they get loaded up with a lot of sugar. Yep. Beautiful on the toast with real butter in the morning. Mm. Um, and then we've got an array of mandarins, um, so many that's hard to mention. I think at least five or six Robbie's got, and there's a few more. Yep. Blood oranges, beautiful to have with a, uh, oh, I haven't had a, a blood orange salad. Yet. Yes. Yeah, I had uh, one the other day. I even ate skin and all, which is beautiful. Oh, you madman. Wow, okay. Yeah, you can do that because it leaves the mouth really refreshed. <laughs> it certainly wake you up. It, it definitely does. But if you <laughs> should give one like a kid this morning. Mm. Um, yeah, and there's so many apples. Um, I got some small Fujis and... Um, um, what was the other one? I can't I, I remember. Royal Galas. Ken, um, Ken's going, yeah, I can't say. It's like he's been name-checked. <laughs> he's saying he said Fuji. <laughs> uh, Ken said that he sweetened up a ramen stock with some Fuji apple this, uh, this on, well, yesterday, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah there's good so many you. things you can do with apples. You know, you don't just have to crunch into them. No. Nope. Now they go into different dishes, and I, I miss the old open fire because we used to take the core out of the Granny Smith apple, fill it with sugar and wrap it in alfoil and throw it into the fire. Uh, <laughs> you know, the fragrance will go yeah, through the house. That's good. I'm talking about doing that. The last of the quinces are, are still there. So if you want to make a quince jelly or oh, a quince jam, you should get into to that as well. Oh, well, look, hopefully next week I might see you, John. Um, well, I don't mean to be rude. I don't think so. No, you're right. Yeah, okay. No, you're right. I'm, I'm just I'm trying to be glass half full, but yeah. I, think, I think you're right. Think All positive. Right. We'll see if we can make it happen. All right. Well, I've got Duncan Buchanan who's waiting in the wings to talk about booze, which um, we might need as well. But uh, in <laughs> maybe uh, 10 or 15 seconds, your pick of the market, please. Well, definitely tomatoes to make a soup or a salad. Um, mm-hmm. We've got so many colours and varieties, it's not funny. So get in there and have a feast with them. 
Uh, we've had beautiful bullhorn, capsicums, red and green. Yeah. Uh, people have been uh, grilling them and um, making a, a salad with them and even having a, a uh, capsicum sandwich, which is special. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, I'll um, have one of those. Yeah, and beautiful eggplant. We've got beautiful field eggplant from Queensland. Mm. Um, they're a little bit softer than the hydro ones. No seed. They're never bitter. Beautiful. There's so many things you can do with them too. Either grill them or fry them or stuff them and bake them. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, we had beautiful Cabalanero and um, Rapa, which went away yesterday. Mm. People are having a treat with them. Oh, that was good. Yeah, so, yeah, I think we're there. All right. And then and the uh, the only other one burning question, which I might have posed earlier on in the in the show, is is Franca making your asparagus omelettes? No, we've been enjoying them just steamed with a, a little bit of olive oil, but I'm going to take some home today and um, I might have to beg. <laughs> down, on, down on your knees, my friend. Down on your knees. All right. Well, I bought her something special, so she might be happy to do it for me. Well, we, we'll, we'll find out how that goes. <laughs> Yes. Happy wife, happy life. Isn't that right, John? You're not John? wrong. Yeah. That's right. All right, mate. See, you. i got to go because we've got to talk booze with Duncan Buchanan. Right. Thank you, John. Have a lovely day, I miss guys. you. Look forward I to seeing you too. soon. Bye. All the best. Take care. Triple R is where you're at. Eat it is the name of the show. I'm Cam. Kent's here. And we've got to pay some rent, and we're going to be talking to Duncan Buchanan after these messages. Triple R. You okay, Duncan? <laughs> Good as gold, thank you. No, I'm not okay. I'm, I'm trying to put a kind of smile on it, but I... Can you tell <laughs> me about... Bit, I'm in bits today. <laughs> uh, I love it. He's uh, he's had a not a drug injury, but an alcohol injury, shall we say. And uh, <laughs> My, uh, made even, even more um, exasperating and painful by the fact that you're... What did your son say? <sighs> All right, backstory. I accidentally tied one on with my lovely Mrs. Lucy last night, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. then my nine-year-old son Rocco decides he wants to rediscover his joy of the trampoline this morning. <laughs> and it's like, really? The apocalypse is bad enough, mate. I don't need to be <laughs> jumping on the trampoline at the same time. But you but dig what deep. You're did a, you're actually, a, you're if I can cut across your bowels, and I'm sorry to do yeah, this, do Duncan, but the fact is... Uh, I didn't quite understand. I said, well, what's the problem? He bounces on the trampoline. No. The problem is, what did he request? He wants me to double bounce him. He thinks it's hilarious. So I have to get on said trampoline with, you know. Unsteady feet. And a mushy old head. All right, son, I'll do it. Uh, you know, we had you. I've got to keep you entertained. So, but you know, you, you just have to dig deep for the for your loved ones in these times, don't you? You got to, you know, we're all stuck at home, yep. so you just got to. We had our fun last night, and yeah. now it's time. To, now it's time to see him. Yeah, it is. How and, are you guys anyway? You well? Now it's time for your penance. Uh, look, we're fine, but I'm uh, delighted to be talking to you, and that's probably what's yeah, making my day at the moment. Um, <coughs> we're Hurtling towards Budburst for um, Vintage 2022. Um, yeah. But um, just looking back over our shoulder in the rear vision minery, uh, minery? The in re- the re- rear vision what? mirror of uh, <laughs> the metaphorical winery, uh, mm-hmm. it's been a bloody ripper of a year pretty much, hasn't it? 
Yeah, things are yeah, things are looking more like wine now, which is good because you know mm. uh, early on, just after your process, you know, wines do look a bit awkward, kind of clunky. They just you know they're a bit knocked out, a bit knocked about. But now they're starting to take shape, and I'm, uh, there's still a lot of very very happy winemakers around. Um, the really really strong Pinots, really strong Chardonnays, and God's uh, southern, uh, yeah, most of southern Vic, and you know, even even the, as you head further north, there's a lot of really good wines getting about. So it's good. That's the one thing that's getting. It's a really positive thing that's getting people through because there's. I don't know whether you guys noticed, but there is a little bit of doom and gloom getting about the <laughs> around the place. No, really. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but, but before we move into that though, I know the question on everybody's lips. Everybody around, it's all they're talking about. What about the Riesling? Good. Yeah, good. Because we had a relatively cool, lots of natural acid. So, um, yeah. the, uh, and not the, you know, don't take the brown acid type. It's um, <laughs> the nat- nat- natural grape wow. acidity from uh, makes, Vintage 21. Makes Riesling a very interesting proposition. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, sorry, no, I, had, no, I, I had to put that in. Um, of course you did. But yes, well, you know, we have to have an ongoing narrative, you know. I, and and for the record, I actually quite love Riesling. I think it's, yeah, but don't tell Duncan Buchanan. Oh God, sorry, you're on the line. I've forgotten. Um, exactly. Now, uh, so one of the good things is we we look at um, yeah 2021 as being just a ripper of a vintage. <clears throat> mainly because of the amelioration of the La Nina that has sort of affected our climate. And we go, thank God for that. Although we probably couldn't have used the floods and, you know, all that other no, stuff that no. comes with it. But, no, but I mean, we do try to go glass half full. That's going to continue, that will persist a bit to this year. Although winter, winter has been a slightly warmer than average. Uh, autumn was kind of cold, which again helped for helped the grapes that we picked during autumn because mm. they like to ripen in cooler temperatures. But winter was just a little bit up in temperatures, not massive, massively, but that trend is sort of heading up. And like, I mean, I'm out in the backyard at the moment. I'm just looking at my fig trees, yeah. and they're, they're starting, they look like they're starting to bud up. And I'm wondering whether that's early. It's, and there's certainly, um, it will be, it's, yeah, we're still in that La Nina uh, weather pattern, whatever you want to call it. So yeah. it will be a little bit cool. But, you know, chatting with girls around the place and people are starting to see, you know, bud movement already. Our buds start to swell and then they bur- then they break and, you know, your vines start to grow again. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's just a little bit of movement around now, which, you know, every now, every now well, every year you'll see some vines all go that little bit earlier than, than you expect. But then, yeah, we might get a cold snap for a cut for a week or so, and that'll that'll put the brakes on it. But there is, it does look like there's a little bit of movement around the place, and certainly you see a lot of the acacias are out. They're just, you know, that beautiful, that big, you know, shock of uh, yellow um, flowers that you see out there. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. They just they look fantastic. But I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering whether it is just a little bit early. It's certainly, when it's a really sunny day like today, so they go, oh, Jesus, it is odd, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's a thing, and and ah, oh, I almost hate to do this, but if we look up to the northern hemisphere, it has to be reported yeah. that it is again cover up the children's ears. I'm going to swear in context, mm-hmm. starting now, it's a shit yep. show. Oh man, I was just looking at some stuff earlier. The um, Sicily's uh, has just recorded its highest ever temperature, forty-eight point eight degrees. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
And, you know, there's a lot of fires around Mount, uh, the base of Mount Etna. And not, um, only, and not only that, in Turkey there were, there were fires, which I think Erdogan successfully blamed on uh, terrorists. But, and then after that, floods. And uh, and uh, it, it has been it's been difficult right the way across Europe. For, uh, I mean, we talk about wine, okay, because that's that's my thing with you guys. That's your currency. It's been, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been very difficult for uh, for um, champagne is down really severe. Like some Jeez, places they're down by eighty. Horror bit. vintage, haven't they? Oh, First exactly. with a start off with a frost. Well, and that was exacerbated by the fact that they had an early bud burst. Yeah, so, right. you know, things started to grow earlier than normal. Then this frost came through. Like, you can frost the hell out of your vineyard when it's dormant and nothing will happen. Yeah. It's just that uh, because you've gone to dormant. But yeah. as soon as um, as soon as you've got any, any sort of foliage out, um, they'll decimate it because they did have an early bud burst this, this year in a, a lot of Europe and especially France. And then they had the uh, those frosts that came through that really reduces your crops. And on the back of that, the weather has been so sporadic over there that it's been a really difficult growing season. So the poor growers are trying so hard just to uh, preserve what's going on in their vines, but they've got such a small amount of fruit there. So, wow. and it's, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a very, very tough year. And, you know, we're staring down the barrel of another, another growing season with our... Uh, we don't, you know, you never know what the weather's got in store for yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. You just, just want to cross your fingers and keep your eyes skyward, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose the, the one good thing, if we if we want to see a little bit of a a short term blessing, I think, is because the fact that we've been through uh, La Nina, we've had um, uh, we've had increased rainfall. So if you if you look around the place, there's as a friend of mine used to say, fine green paddocks everywhere. So, yep. you know, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a great fecundity around there. The dams are pretty much full. I'm just talking yep. around Victoria. Obviously, yep. it's a big country and there's other places that are that are different. But we are actually placed for this year to be moving into a pretty okay... Oh, who knows? We'll see what happens. But it seems like it might be okay because we... We're so, certainly not in the middle of a La Nina, in the middle of climate change. So yeah. we've, we, we're not in drought, so maybe that might ameliorate fires for next year, I hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah you'd hope so. And that's, but it's a, bit of a, um, it's a bit of an unknown, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's the, the, uh, that's the big headache with it all. We don't know. What we, the weather is just so sporadic and just so unpredictable. And I think yeah, we've gone through this before. The, you know, things are... Things are warm, but it's also it's that it's not the overall trends that I think are the most damaging part. Although they are incredibly damaging, it's those really nasty, um, violent weather events that we have. Like yeah, you, you don't yeah. just get rain; you get rain in capital letters. It's yes. just like bang rain, and it just yeah. you know it could be nice and sunny at my place, and you know ten k's down the road, just be flogging on them. And, uh, well, that, and that, 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 that sort of weather doesn't do anybody any favors. You know that 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 amount of, and it might not be rain, it might be wind, or, you know, and that, that's just incredibly damaging. Case in point is um, we can look at Germany uh, and around there oh, and, and the, the amount of rain that came down, and then um, maybe not quite as much reported, certainly I don't know if we've got much uh, images from there, but China, they got in some areas of China which had insane floods, there was a year's worth of rain came in two days. Jeez. Just, just let that sink in. One year's yeah, worth of rain in forty-eight hours. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, 
get out the umbrella. It's uh, oh, the, get it's gonna, build an ark. <laughs> Fuck the umbrella. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah, I swore shouldn't have. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's uh, yeah, that, and that's I think that's the the thing that we that we're facing. It just does make it very very hard for. Like I said, we talk about wine, but I think you know your show is called Eat It, so, and it just it goes across all forms of agriculture. Yeah. You know that's yeah, you know does. the it, it affects everything that we do, and that and and hence the, the flow of that is how much it how much it costs to get things on your plate and uh it just yeah there's big implications of what's happening with the weather mm. massive implications and uh, you know people uh, you know i think people need to be it's very much a time to be a bit more i think a bit more active with what we're doing with our with how we vote because that's a, a, you know we can protest and carry on and all that sort of stuff which i you know and you know, wave our banners, and that's all a very good thing. It's letting our politicians know that we're not happy about it. And uh, what you mean? You know, so we shouldn't just accept the tax bribes from the government and vote them back in again? No. <laughs> yeah, have a car park, not really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's uh, and it's but it, it, it's it's a very important thing. You know, but um, we need to be yeah making our voices heard because it's going to affect. It should, certainly it's going to affect us. But you know, you look around at your own kids, it's going to affect them worse. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, what, are, what, are they, what are they going to be doing in 20 years' time looking back going, hey, Dad, what did you do? This is, like, this oh, is going to be the thing. I'd love to see the conversation around the old Christmas table where old Grandfather Morrison is talking, yeah. you know, with, with, with the kids. Or, or Matt Canavan. I mean, is he, is he a breeder? Is he bred? Uh, I, don't I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but no. it's... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, and that, that's exactly it. You know, how, how are they going to? How are they going to be up? You know, sitting around the as you say, Morrison and all these cronies sitting around the kitchen table. Go, you know, in twenty years' time, they're going, "You had the power to do something about this, Dad, and you didn't. You, you didn't. Know, why not? And because yeah. you, because you're a shill for the fossil industry. But anyway, oh, sorry. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Uh, anyway, twelve fifty eight. Let's get back to just in in the thirty to sixty seconds we have left. Um, yep. How do you cure? A hangover. How do I? A martini. Lots of oh no, lots of water and yes. a bun me from down the road. Oh, bun me, uh, yeah, bun me, yes. Yeah, exactly. I think that's about it. And maybe get out and try and sweat it out a bit for this afternoon. Get out of my bike for a quick ride. I think. But um, I could probably happily curl up and die on the couch. But I'm not going to do that. I've, I've got myself into this. I'm going to get out of it. Oh, and before, um, yes. the, just quickly, Michael Dillon from Bindi in Macedon got what uh, James Halliday crowned him winemaker of the year this year. Rip it. It's worth mentioning because he's a wow. ripping fella, ripping winemaker, and uh, yeah, been at it for ages. So well right. done, you, Michael Dillon. We, we we are applauding. Now that's that's quite something because um, uh, Halliday still has some very very big currency, and um, in a recommendation from Halliday means uh, sales on the ground and uh, wine in glasses, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly Ooh. right. Yeah, people people do go. take what he says very very seriously. Oh, you give me the wind up. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, we were over time. We're going to have to say oh, really? bye bye and say bye bye. Good to see you guys. Have fun. It's time for Still Here. Thank you for listening, Kent, you rock. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.